Hey guys, welcome to our channel Course Life Campus and this is your host Sushant Tejmani. Today almost every organization is overwhelmed with hundreds of problems around their products, their operational processes, their strategy, their customers, even their suppliers and partners. And if we go deeper into these problems and try to find their root cause, we might encounter hundreds of factors which might be in our control or out of control most of the problems that we see around us are either originated internally or caused by external factors the big question that almost every organization is trying to get answered today is how to put together a problem definition and a solution building framework that could apply to any problem that today's digital organization faces to discuss this we have invited two guests in our episode today first is sundar balakrishnan who is a business consultant and a supply chain practitioner and bhuvna ayer who is a seasoned data scientist a consultant a professional trainer and currently both of them are involved in building an augmented analytics platform called discovery at Coastal Intelligence. So welcome guys and it's really privileged to have you guys in our episode today. Hi Sushant. Thank you. Hi Sushant, same here. So so before we start our Q&A round uh, Sundar and Bhubna I just wanted to ask you guys I hope you guys are safe and uh, coping up with this pandemic. Oh yes. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Yep. As you know we're uh, as best as we can uh, in this lockdown. We're doing well. All the loved ones are safe. good to know what about you sundar any interesting things that you guys are doing during this lockdown any new initiatives um so on the on the personal front you know the lockdown has been a boon that uh, been able to spend more time with my infant daughter so that's been a positive on the professional front uh, we've been working on a few interesting product ideas around discovery uh building some of the components uh working on you know uh, ideating and coming up with innovative ways to solve a lot of interesting supply chain challenges around resilience around visibility uh and multiple others so it's it's been an exciting 6 to 8 months professionally as well good to know so i know that in the last 9 months i think a lot of things have changed around us our habits the 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 culture around us the way we are treating our peers the way we are getting treated internally at homes so a lot of things are going through a, a transformation and it's a new for everyone so if you look at the pre covid situation where the organizations had a certain way of executing their strategy a certain way of operating and now when we are going through this pandemic we are seeing there are new set of challenges have cropped up okay not just on the internal human capital front but also on the the process side as well as on the external factors like your environment your social economic factors so those are also influencing your businesses quite significantly in the last 6 to 9 months and uh, as this field of problem solving and the problem definition is evolving we are seeing it's becoming a very pivotal subject in our day to day language because we see every project or every program that we work with it always starts with some kind of a interesting problem and being a consultant myself there's always a challenge that how to look at these problems in a different way and bring that out of the box thinking that the clients usually expect 
So, so Bhuvna, I'll start with you. I know you are a data scientist and oftentimes people come to you guys to come and build some kind of a solution or build, draft a, some kind of a model to solve a particular problem in hand. So when you look at a problem in hand, how do you perceive that problem? How do you break it down before you start writing your code? See, a very interesting question. And I think um, very relevant because uh, today, um, as we know, industry is definitely um, disrupted by the word data science. But oftentimes people forget that at the end of the end goal of data science is still to solve business problems and make the mistake of um, defining the solution before defining the problem. So one one of the principles that I've followed uh, through my career is which you know, I have scars to prove that I learned this early on that if you don't define the problem statement clearly, you're definitely not going to get value or adoption uh, with your model. Now, for some of the industries um, such as retail banking, you, you sort of have, it's a more mature industry, so you would know that, am I solving an acquisition problem here? Are they looking at acquiring customers? First of all, is it a customer problem or am I solving a pricing promotion problem or am I solving, um, you know, some sort of an optimization problem or a predictive maintenance problem, for instance. Once that's done, um, within that, uh, you see if it's a customer problem, am I looking at acquisition um, or a cross-sell or am I looking at retention or more operational issue like user management? So once those broad contours are defined, I think then you kind of have to do this complete flush out of how is that process working currently? Um, is there a BI report? First of all, is this really a problem that requires a predictive model or are they most of the times uh, you people don't, most of the companies that we know are uh, working in silos and uh, sometimes it's probably uh, just connecting some dots which might solve the problem. So I think a very thorough understanding of the ecosystem of the business is um, definitely a mandatory uh, aspect for a data scientist as well. Before a business, then of course you understand what the key KPIs are that you want to influence and so on and so forth. I mean, but I think the biggest um, gap that I have seen is most of the, uh, the integration between business ecosystem and people who have the ability to give the insights. I think that sort of a techno-functional role is very important and um, oftentimes ignored because of which we suffer with adoption. So yeah, I think it is an interplay of knowing, understanding business as well along with the core techniques of machine learning so that once the business use case is defined and then you translate it into a machine learning problem. Okay. So Sundar, that takes me to my second question that uh, I know you being a consultant, you're often the door opener for the clients. Okay. Uh -huh. so if you're work and uh, we have seen you participating in lots of uh, workshops where you spend a lot of time with the business stakeholders and help them identify that problem which they themselves don't know what is that. Oftentimes mm -hmm. they are fuzzy about it. 
So how do you go about defining a problem statement and get a consensus from the client mm -hmm. and make sure that they are ready to invest on it? Sure. Um, to me, if I had to broadly divide it, I look at it as about four steps at, at a very broad level. Uh, problem statement definition itself follows from doing either a voice of customer study or a voice of business study or studying the cost of poor quality. Essentially, you're trying to solve for one of these three needs, right? One is the end consumer and something that the end consumer has either as a need or as a pain or something that the business has as a need or a pain. Or thirdly, there is there are processes in place and they're, they're resulting in poor quality, which is causing a need. So that becomes the starting point for where the need originates, whether that is a product that you want to define out of it as the or a solution or a service or whatever you know any other uh, people chain process chain anything that you want to define from there on you try and define what is your why measure or your success metric or target metric bhuvna referred to kpis uh, what is it that defines that particular pain point and how can you measure it then you define the ideal state. What does great look like? What does success look like in the eyes of the people who are who are using or are going to be the eventual users of whatever it is that you're going to build for them? Then the most important, you asked a very interesting question. How do you get a consensus? How do you get a buy-in? Buy-ins come from showing that there is value in doing uh, what, we're, what we're trying to do. We've had sessions where clients have asked us, Okay, the investment on this is X. Why should I invest this X? Show me that out of doing this, I'm going to get say 2X or 3X or 5X or 10X the returns. Or alternately, if you're telling me that I have to invest X because this is stable stakes. Without doing this, I'm going to lose more money in business than I'm going to gain, then I'll invest. So as a consultant, it becomes really important that you arrive at this business value and articulate it very clearly, build a charter around it so that a client, uh, uh, it becomes a no brainer for the client that they have to then go and invest in it. Makes sense Sundar. So Sundar, tell me one thing. I know uh, in today's world, the soft skills play a very, very important role. And uh, especially when you are confronting the client sitting in a room with them, What's the role of empathy in there? Because I know during the problem definition, there are a lot of emotions in the play. People debate on different perspectives. They have their own understanding of their consumers. They have their own biases about their consumers. And a lot of time the heuristics come into picture. Mm -hmm. so, so what is the role of empathy and the creative thinking in the problem definition process? I would say extremely critical. Um, you, you know, as a consultant, it's it's like this that uh, you wake up every morning as you're walking to the client's office. You you carry your notepad, you carry your laptop, you carry all the other preparatory material, and you carry a truckload of empathy with you because you have to understand that these are folks who are there day in day out in say an environment like a pandemic trying to run supply chain, trying to run or, you know, order processing, order delivery, so many vital functions for essential services organizations, delivering goods, services, medicines, whatever it is to end consumers. So imagine the amount of pressure, the amount of 
nervousness with which they are working and yet they are braving all of it and you're asking them for half an hour of the time one hour of their time you know for say a, a stretch of two to three weeks so that you can you can work through processes try and understand gaps and then find a solution for them now in this process <clears throat> being empathetic to their day to the way they consume whatever is the solution that you're trying to build in our case a lot of the solutions are analytics based uh, insights based uh, it becomes extremely critical extremely important uh, again empathy is not just something you pull out of a locker and you bring you empathy comes from a either having been there done that yourself and therefore you're able to relate to what they're doing how they're doing uh, the things in their day or having had some sort of an a similar experience associated experience which you are able to bring this is important because it helps to bring that connection with your user base for whom you are trying to build a solution secondary research helps using industry body researches helps in trying to get a broader picture of what you are trying to approach um i i would encourage consultants that hey you know what if you're going to walk into a new business into a completely new domain completely new industry and it happens right you know figure out if you can maybe spend one weekend at a nearby store just do you know uh, volunteer to work in the operations just to get a feel for what it is actually like to be on the floor uh, on creative thinking sushant again there is no magic pill right there are um, every for creative thinking is different for different people there are a bunch of frameworks that are there in the market i use them in various different combinations sometimes it is a, a bit of a trial and error method of using various combinations of methods uh, one interesting method that i can you know quickly share is there is this concept called worst possible idea uh, as a way of brainstorming so what it does is it's it brings a group together and says okay you want to find a solution to a problem think of all the worst ideas to this problem and it sort of makes the exercise fun also it starts bringing the mood of the group also together nicely and in the process you keep eliminating all the worst possible ideas that you can think of as solution so you slowly start navigating towards the best possible solution or outcome this is one way that i've seen creative thinking work Oh, that's interesting. That's really interesting. And and Bhuvna, if I look at your domain, being a data scientist, uh, do you also see the empathy and creative thinking plays a very important role in day-to-day -day work? Because the clients are becoming more and more smarter. They are more more and more expecting from the data scientists to come up with some really good tangible results, which are believable, which are trustworthy, which they can act on. So, how do you bring these elements as a part of your work? yeah i think uh, definitely as a data scientist that whole design thinking process should be embedded uh, right from the time you start defining the machine learning problem again um, most of the times um, what the user is looking for is probably a, a very simple metric or a very simple something that can be solved with the probably simpler rule or um your most of most often you're dealing with users who don't understand the technicality of uh, machine learning and as is with the technique 
there is going to be a scope of error. Most you see sparse data, you see poor quality of data. I think one of the key things is set the right expectation, uh, which won't come until you empathize with what the need is. If your goal is, hey, I'm going to build a, you know, a really good, uh, you know, face recognition or a recommendation model, because that inflates my, uh, you know, data scientist ego, then more often than not, you will not succeed in that specific venture. I think it's about empathizing with the user right from the beginning to understand what's the need, set the right expectations to say, I, uh, you know, this is, these might, of course we can do X, Y, Z, you know, make certain assumptions, look at what best can be done. Uh, like I said, most of the times machine learning models have an inherent, uh, you know, evolution process. Uh, and a lot of people think of it as the cure for all. Uh, you know, if, if a machine learning expert is coming and delivering something, I'm going to see magic. They're going to give me a number and I know that's the number I'm going to hit in terms of revenue. So a lot of it is about um, setting that right expectation, understanding how can you meet that expectation, you know, with a combination of machine learning and probably smart, uh, you know, business analysis with uh, a bit of rules. For instance, once we worked with uh, an e-commerce player who had just about started their business, wanted to build, a, it was more of a, similar to what LinkedIn is today, and they wanted to build a recommendation engine, but of course they had a very, very small user base. So we didn't deny that we would, uh, wouldn't build a recommendation system, but then what we did was uh, built a rule engine on top of it saying, you know what the model is going to learn only if there is enough interaction of a specific kind to go ahead and suggest a certain topic to read. So if not, then we create a certain rule. So as and and created an approach note spoke and made the user group aware that this is not completely some sort of a magic happening, opened the black box, showed it to them, told them that as you progress, as you evolve, the model itself will be able to give you more accurate results and you know we can decommission the rule base. I think a lot of that sort of communication helps to set the right expectation. Thanks, thanks Bhuvna. And uh, this is a question for both of you. Uh, if you can share with your experience as a consultant as well as as a data scientist, what are any couple of blind spots that you have experienced during the problem definition process which later on in the journey might become quite catastrophic or might result in a, a big discontentment between the client and you. Sundar, would you like to share that something blind spot that we should be avoiding or should be cognizant about? Sure, sure. Um, uh, the two or three that I can immediately think of is uh, one, uh, you know, any kind of biases. So right from selection bias for, you know, who are, who are the people in the uh, the interview panel that you want to pick to confirmation bias to saying that when you walk into the room on the first day, you decide that, you know, one particular kind of uh, technology solution or one particular kind of model is the answer to whatever problem. Uh, it will become a challenge because you will try and force fit everything to 
that bias that you're carrying in your mind. So bias is definitely one thing that a consultant should leave out of the room when they're walking into a meeting room. Uh, second, uh, this question is always going to be a, a trade-off question. You know, are you speaking to the relevant audience and enough number of people in an audience in trying to understand and define the problem statement? You have to find a balance ultimately uh, you have to try and narrow down your problem statement enough that you're you have time to speak to uh, the right audience. Uh, so typically, when when we uh, when we do uh, Lean Six Sigma programs, what we say is that your problem statement should not be so small that the solution is obvious. You know, then you don't need to do all this. Just go ahead and solve the problem. At the same time, your problem statement should not be so wide that it becomes a world hunger project that is impossible to achieve or really complicated to achieve. So somewhere you have to find that balance. And in doing so, your audiences also have to be you know, adjusted accordingly. And uh, the last I would call out is, are you looking at enough and or all the facets of a problem? Are you missing out on a certain angle in a problem that is critical, but because you didn't maybe pay attention to it at the time or you didn't find it relevant, it comes to uh, you know haunt you later. These are two, three blind spots that I would call out. Bhuvna? What you about you, Bhuvna? Would you like to share your perspective on this? Oh, yeah. Um, in my field of work, again, Sushant, as a data scientist, one of the most um, often overlooked aspect is the poor integration across either the business units or the data systems themselves. So you might build a very uh, dazzling, uh, you know, customer, uh, some sort of a product segmentation or a recommendation of products to a certain customer group. Uh, and then just to realize at the time of deployment that, hey, this is not integrated with how they are defining customers on their e-commerce portal. So how, they, how the upstream or the downstream systems going to operationalize the model that you have built or, you know, a business intelligence report that you have built, that most often is the blind spot in my case. And um, there are, of course, more technical ones which are used going to build, uh, say, some sort of uh, basic segment. Once this happened that we were building some sort of an asset-based segmentation and uh, okay, all of my customers who are currently trading with me need to be, I want to build some sort of a uh, asset-based segmentation for wealth management recommendation. But in all of that, we kind of just defined, this was early on and we just defined a certain definition of who are these people who we are going to segment. Okay, those who are three months on books at least and active customers. And we defined this active customer on our own based on should have traded at least once in last 12 months. And then when in our phase one in review with uh, stakeholders, we realized that they also want to look at there's a specific customer segment that only trades once a year, maybe linked to bonus. So we were completely ignoring them. So we had to redefine the whole uh, you know, universe of customers we were looking at by saying, even if they've called once and not traded, but called to check on something, we define them as active. So, so yeah, these are uh, typical blind spots, at least when you are solving a data science or data analytics problem. Okay. Good to know. And uh, one last question before we uh, wind up our podcast for today. Uh, so Sundar, I know 
during this pandemic we all have had our own experiences so at your personal front any interesting problem that you have solved that you are really proud of and the same thing i'm going to ask you bhuvna after sundar is done so please be ready for that <laughs> <laughs> oh on on the personal front <laughs> <laughs> uh, i think i think on the personal front it has almost been and i'm going to sort of wear bhuvna's hat over here with with a you know now 17 month old kid it is completely down to optimizing the 24 hours available to balance between you know uh, kid time uh, uh, you know enabling both my wife and i to work enough hours through the day to complete our work plus get time to do a little bit of our own reading uh, and sushant i'll borrow one of your terms intellectual nourishment and then also find time for say you know extracurriculars like music and generally a little bit of time for ourselves it's almost always an everyday optimization model that is running at the start of the day to say okay what are all the constraints that are there today is a maid not going to turn up is the cook not going to turn up and so on to find this balance so finding this balance has been uh, the one big problem statement and thankfully and hopefully between my wife and i we've been able to find solutions every day through the last eight or nine months uh, to, to get through this so How was that a now? was that was a question of personal accomplishment personal problem solving yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i mean i think uh, sundar pretty much uh, nailed it i think that's precisely what's been happening with uh, we're short on um, we've we've been short on a lot of uh, help household help that we are used to in india right so so one is optimizing even route if you are just to continue from where sundar left off is you know if you what are the things you want to make less rounds to the market to the shopping uh, area so you want to optimize and say okay what are the different things that everyone needs what's the route optimization what time should i go should i go in the morning early morning because i'll see less number of people so hence maintaining social distance to even i think i understand my kids uh i have two boys and i understand their mood swings i know exactly when they are going to need get more cranky for me is that going to be during school time what subject is going to be taught today i manage my meetings accordingly so so yeah i think i'm just becoming a super computer myself in this process sushant and thankfully yeah again um, you've been quite an inspiration yourself sushant i think i've started following one mantra which you always uh, follow yourself is wake up budget one hour at the start of the day wake up one hour early and uh, you know before you get into the operational aspect of your day just budget that one hour to do something that that gives you a lot of intellectual stimulation whether it is well for me it's sometimes singing um, Uh, you know since i'm trained with vocals that i've started or it's reading a book which is completely different from what my uh, current scope of work is but yeah i think that pretty much sums up how i've enriched myself personally yeah that's it's really nice in fact you guys will be surprised to know that doesn't go to my personality but uh, lately i've started doing poetry oh, wow. so yeah so i think uh, maybe one day i'll tell you some of the new 
things that I put together, and probably you guys can do a wonderful critic on that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but, yeah. But anyways, guys, thank you so much for your valuable time, and I know I want to do another episode with you guys where we will discuss exclusively on solution building. I think so. This entire episode will be dedicated towards how to go about approaching a problem, defining it. and look at that from different perspective but in the next episode i would like to take your opinion on how would you take the problem and put together a solution which is having a wider acceptance and which is effective as well as efficient but on the other hand it should also be in a stage where even even if it goes the haywire you should have some kind of a risk mitigation plan in place to avoid that so I'm very curious to learn from your experiences in the future episodes. So until then, and to all our audience, if you have any questions or any comments, please share with us on our channel. And again, both of you guys, thank you so much for this great invention. Really appreciate. Thanks for having us, Rishan. Thanks for having us, Rishan. Thank you. Thanks, Sundar. Bye bye.